Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Weekly Impact Podcast. This is somehow our 13th episode, so thank you so much for for sticking with us so far. Um, Today is Tuesday, January 30th, and the chapter we're going to be focusing on today is 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. All right, let's go around the table today, and everybody go ahead and introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Jacob Kingsley. I am Spencer Robinette. And I'm Daniel Yelverton. All right, and I am Brent Smith. I don't know if I said that or not already, but anyway, I'm your host here, I guess. Um, but uh, anyway, Spencer is one that is joining us today. He is our special guest. We know Spencer pretty well, pretty good yeah. relationship with him. Yeah. Um, Spencer, tell us a little bit what you're, what you're doing now. Yeah, so uh, about a year and a half ago at this point, uh, a little less than that, my wife and I left this church a uh, family that we hold still hold close to us to plant a new church in downtown Cincinnati called Tapestry. So we're about a year um, and a few months into that, and we're actually looking towards our launch, which is exciting. Um, it's going to be on March 4th, downtown Cincinnati, in a, the Woodward Theater and over the Rhine. So uh, it's been a pretty incredible year, a uh, pretty crazy year with a lot of cool things have happened, but I'm glad to be mm-hmm. back with you guys today. Mm-hmm. Nice. Cool. It's good to have you back. Yeah. <laughs> So we uh, does anybody want to give a background on this chapter before we get into it today? Is there anything that you feel that we need to um, inform the people on that might not be as well read on it? Daniel, what do you have for us this week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I think just, you know, if you tuned into the podcast last week, uh, we were beginning First Thessalonians, and so this is Paul's second letter. We don't actually know if this is his second letter or if this is the first letter, and the first letter is the second letter. So that's something that is just... Interesting fun fact about First and uh, Second Thessalonians, uh, but similar context. Um, we we talked about how Paul's uh, first um, planted this church in Acts chapter seventeen, and um, his affection that he has for this church, and this is a church that he is uh, exhorting and encouraging um, through multiple letters, just mm-hmm. kind of like Corinthians and how he's done with like Timothy and different things like mm-hmm. that. And I think, too, um, just remembering as we're reading this that um, he has that relationship with them. Some of his letters he writes either before he's going to get there, like Romans. He writes ahead of him going there. Um, And there are some other letters that he writes to general areas, not knowing everybody there. But again, he's writing this letter having a deep relationship with the people in Thessalonica. All right. So before we get started, I will walk us through our process uh, that we let you know about each week. But as we read and as we do this um, episode, each episode, we set up and we do the SOAP um, structure. We do the acronym SOAP. So S stands for scripture. So we will start off as we're about to do here in a second. We will read the scripture and we always try to stick to the ESV version of the Bible. So if you are following along with us, um, if you're reading a different version, don't get confused and think you're in the wrong chapter or the wrong book. Um, so we just we just try to stick with the ESV to keep it simple and straightforward. Um, the O in SOAP is observation. So once we get done with reading the chapter, we talk about what really stuck out to us, um, and we kind of expand on that a little bit. The A in SOAP is application. Thank you, Daniel. And um, so we talk about how we can maybe apply what we learn today to our daily lives um, and in our walk going forward. And P is prayer. We always end with prayer to wrap up the episode. So um, who wants to start? I'd love to start, and we can go clockwise. Okay. All right. Second Thessalonians 3. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men, for not all have faith. But the Lord is faithful, and he will establish you and guard you against the evil one. 
and we have confidence in the Lord about you that you are doing and will do the things that we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. Now we com- command you, sorry. Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us, because we were not idle when we were with you. Nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it, but with toil and labor we worked night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you. It was not because we did not have that right, but to give you in ourselves an example to imitate. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command, if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. As for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey what uh, we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with him, that he may be ashamed. Do not regard him as an enemy but warn him as a brother. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. This is the sign of genuineness. In every letter of mine, it is the way I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And that wraps up the chapter for today. Um, we'll go ahead and get into observations. I, I would say one thing that at the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the first time I've really heard Paul say at the end of something he wrote that where he was like, this is how I write. This is me. Why is mm-hmm. he putting an emphasis on that? So Paul, um, throughout his time writing, often wasn't the physical person writing the letters. He had a scribe. Mm, gotcha. um, even later on in some of his letters, I forget which one I'm really bad with references, but he says his sight is so blunt or his sight is so bad and that's why the text is so large or something mm-hmm. to those lines. And so basically he's had a scribe dictate or he's dictated to a scribe all of this and then he finishes with that last little sentence. So that way they can still recognize his own handwriting. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. I think at the same time, though, that relates to the relationship, the deep relationship that he has with these people, that he personally wrote this letter himself, unlike many other times where he had a scribe do it. Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the things that kind of sticks out to me, I guess, is, um, and, you know, we're taking just a chunk of Paul's letter. Uh, We're not using the whole letter in in its entirety. Um, But his... um, his emphasis on uh, intentionality, I think, mm-hmm. when he's encouraging them, because he's really encouraging them to avoid idleness, uh, mm-hmm. to uh, even to the point where he told them to disassociate themselves uh, with these people. And um, I think that sort of can come across maybe pretty harsh, um, but I think there is a seriousness that uh, comes with that type of attitude. Uh, Paul has, uh, uh, I guess, times where he seems like he is very um, direct and like, especially when you're reading like Galatians, uh, he comes across really harsh or, uh, and so, and I think that it's important to take note when Paul does that because he's also, because he's emphasizing something that's really important, but also something that really threatens Mm -hmm. the gospel or threatens the, 
the spiritual growth and the walk of the people mm-hmm. in Thessalonians. So um, why do you guys think, and I'll just open this up, why do you guys think that this was such a big deal? I think on a, on a larger scale, sometimes we see different passages like this where Paul is saying, you know, don't associate with this type of people in to the modern church. We're like, oh, really? Like, but Jesus ate with sinners. Jesus, you know, communed. Are we, what's going on there? And I think it, to use the analogy that, that Paul sets forth first, that um, Jesus is the groom and the church is the bride, that um, for those of you who are married, if you see in your spouse something destructive, something that's tearing them apart, you're going to be passionate about not letting that stay in their life. Mm-hmm. And so for Jesus, when he sees this type of behavior in his bride, the church, he's passionate about not letting it stay there. That it's not an arbitrary rule. It's not because God is power hungry. But ultimately, it's because he loves us deeply. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you think is some of the just even taking their context, probably taking their time, but also even translating it to our time. And I know that it's getting a little bit into application, but idleness, like what are the, uh, what are the dangers? And I think there's more than just outward dangers. I think there's also some subtle dangers that are even going kind of behind the surface or under the surface when it comes to an attitude like idleness. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's important first to define idleness in the context of what Paul is writing, because it's more than just, a laziness these people were being very irresponsible with their time like to the point of refusing to work mm-hmm. and i think you know with that being said like there's the idea of being lazy the idea of of being idle even to the point where you just refuse to work um affects more than just you mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of times people find themselves in this place without recognizing what it's doing to those around you. And it can be just as destructive to the work God's called you to, um, as well as, you know, what it could do to to affect the work that God's called those around you to do. And it, it reminded me of the scripture, uh, Proverbs 16, um, 27, idle hands are the devil's workshop. Idle lips are his mouthpiece. Um you know, I know that idleness can lead to a lot of bad things if you're not busy with the work that you've been set to, if you just kind of hang back. I mean, I know in my own life, if I'm not busy um, doing things, I have a tendency to start to want to go back towards old habits. And and, and it also says later in that scripture, um, wickedness loves company and leads others into sin. Mm-hmm. So it would be the exact opposite in letting idleness take over. Um, it would be the exact opposite of what we're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Instead of leading people to Jesus, we'd be leading people back into sin yeah. by the example that we're setting, by letting ourselves fall back into those patterns. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the <clears throat> uh, one of the things that idleness says, not even just in the action, but also in the attitude behind it, mm-hmm. um, it if you think about what Jesus has done on our behalf and uh, what he's called us to as far as uh, being ambassadors for heaven, being the opportunity to reflect Christ to a world, be hope to this world. Uh, if we just kind of don't care and just have this really apathetic attitude towards it, I mean, what does it say to the to the degree of how we really uh, revere Christ and what he's done for us? I mean, mm-hmm. we're kind of saying, you know, Jesus, I'm really glad you saved me, but I don't really care about doing what you would like me to do or how you would like to work in and through me. And I think that the attitude is dangerous, uh, and the end result is yes, that people don't know about, don't hear about Jesus. But I think also, it's so damaging to ourselves 
because we miss out on the opportunities. Like, so we miss out on the opportunities mm-hmm. to bless, to serve others, to be Christ to other people. Yeah. And, uh, and so I think there's a, uh, on the flip side of that, you can go to the extreme, and there's this huge pressure to, to constantly always like hand out tracks, tell people about Jesus, like be like totally in people's face uh, about like sharing Christ. And I think both of them kind of operate in brokenness. Uh, so they can, I think both uh, degrees can be dangerous, uh, especially when it, what it does to your heart, because you're responding to God in different ways. If it's apathy, you're responding to God by saying, "I just don't care. I just don't really." doesn't matter like these things are more important to me and I see that even in that coming up in my own life when I find myself just scrolling through Facebook you know for just just to kill time you know and not that I need to be out there like I could be out there telling people about Jesus but I also could be loving my family and I could be spending that quality Mm -hmm. time with my family Mm -hmm. which reinforces what Christ has called me to be as a husband and as a father and so I think that that's, that's a, where idleness can kind of come up. It's not just necessarily not doing what God has called us as far as, like, the mission, but he's called us to love everybody or people around us. The, the opposite kind of side of that is when we always kind of feel like we constantly have to, to do things for the Lord as far as I've got to tell people about Jesus, I've got to do this, I've got to. We can, we can put hope in that. We can put God's favor and God's um, uh, love on us by how much we're actually doing for the Lord. And we begin to fixate on the fact that we are either not feeling loved by Him, and so we'll have to kind of pull into that hopefully grabbing that favor. And so it's out of fear, but we start to love people less when we do that because we're so fixated on the doing and not necessarily the people, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think, too, going back to something Spencer was saying is how idleness affects others, too. Um, that especially in a, in a community such as this city of Thessalonians would have been the believers there, that one believer's idleness would have impacted another. And that's selfishness. That's being self-centered, valuing your time to do nothing more than your time to help somebody else. And Paul never just gives people instructions he always brings it back to the mindset of christ Mm -hmm. we saw in philippians the the second chapter all about the mindset of christ and his humility and how he served when we are idle we are not loving others we're being self-centered um and so it's not an arbitrary rule that paul is making he just says you need to work you know um but there's that reasoning behind it and so i think what you were saying with the motivations too why are we working then? Are we working to check it off and to feel like we're safe from God? Mm-hmm. Or are we working to love people? Are we doing things and serving people out of love? That's good. I think Second um, Corinthians 5 is, is sort of a verse that I live by. And it starts out by saying that it's Christ's love that compels us. Mm-hmm. And so I think out of that, there's no room for idleness. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and I think, Jacob, to follow up what you were saying as far as how it affects others, too, I love the, the story in Mark 4 when Jesus calms the storm, and it's this moment when Jesus and the disciples are caught in the storm, and the Jesus was sleeping, and the disciples in the midst of the storm were like, you know, freaking out. They kind of woke up Jesus, but they, they went to Jesus. No matter what reaction they had, they went to Jesus. But it says in this in the story, there's a verse that's often missed that says there were other boats with them. And so if the disciples wouldn't have 
ran to Jesus in their moment, in that moment, then all of the other boats that didn't have Jesus in it, you know, may not have been saved as they were uh, when Jesus calmed the storm. I just think it's an interesting sort of correlation to the to to the trust to the 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 fact that when we run after Jesus, again, there's no room for idleness in any of that. And it could also have the the opportunity to affect those around you as well. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think Paul's also, when he's given this encouragement, he's he's setting forth a standard of living for a believer. Uh, and he, you see this in a lot of the other, when he says, like, uh, love one another as Christ has loved you, forgive one another because Christ has forgiven you. Those commands are setting like a standard of living for how you're going to interact with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you work, you're working as if you're working for the Lord. And so uh, what Paul is is doing here, he's just setting like, hey, this is what, as believers, this is how we should interact. We should, and that's why Paul is saying, imitate me. Mm-hmm. Imitate me yeah. because this is the standard for which, you know, we have been called to as followers of Christ. It's even a greater standard than the one that maybe the world has when it comes to work and different things like that. Uh, because we have so much more to look forward to when we work. Um, Jesus talks about laying up treasures in heaven. So when we do these things where we're pouring ourselves out uh, for not only our families, but for other people, when we're prioritizing people, when it comes to our actions, we're, we're literally taking the reward and we're deferring it. Because, mm-hmm. of course, I mean, like, I guess if we're thinking in our own right, I deserve things, and so I deserve to take rest. So I deserve to take this kind of vacation, or I deserve to have this really awesome retirement. And so we work and push towards that, and that kind of it focuses on this kind of temporal time. But Paul is encouraging to work but is but like like Jacob was saying like the work was for the love of people and uh, and so the it's setting the standard but I think what's really important here at the very end is that Paul says in verse 14 he says if someone doesn't obey what we say in this letter so these standards take note of that person and have nothing to do with him that he may be ashamed and it's kind of like oh my gosh like this person's getting like, like roasted yeah like this is a really tough deal but then yeah. verse 15 it says do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. And I think when we begin to see, like let's say if we start trying to live to this standard and there's somebody around us that's a, that's a believer but is not doing it, a lot of times we can create a gap between us and we can be, become judgmental mm-hmm. because we're pushing that on them. And even Paul says it in verse 12. He says, you should command and encourage such persons. And so uh, I think in in response to this, when we see this kind of interacting, we don't need to create the divide between us, but to meet the brother or sister where they're at and encourage them and walk with them and just warn them, warn them as a brother, say like, if you live like this, here's just the consequences. Here's mm-hmm. what you're missing out on. Here's what you have so much to look forward to as you're working for the Lord. And so we just warn them as as brothers and sisters in Christ. And I think that's important because we don't need to create that division between us as a church. There's plenty of other avenues to go when it comes to division in church. And this is an opportunity for us to to, to set a high standard, but also to help others and walk with others along the way to kind of get to that point. Um, kind of like what it says in Galatians 6, to share one another's burdens. Uh, and the, therefore you complete the law of Christ. And so uh, Christ says, love others the way that I have loved you. 
and loving others is not judging them. Loving others is 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 lovingly pointing out what's going on in somebody's life, but walking with them to get to a point where they'll be able to receive the blessings that Christ has for them in this life, but also the life to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love in verse 13 that, that Paul brings it down back to real life. And he says, as for you brothers, do not grow weary in doing good because he knows when you work, when you're living this lifestyle, you'll get tired. You'll get worn out. But he's saying, don't give up. Don't, you know, hate that you have to keep doing good. There's a difference between being tired and being weary and downtrodden and discouraged. Uh He says, keep it up. And ultimately, like he said before, it's that strength coming from Christ. It's Christ living in him that gives him the ability to do so. But I just like that because he recognizes that that's a possibility. He recognizes that when you live your life on mission and loving people and sacrificing, that it's tough, that you will get tired. Any other observations before we move to, I mean, we've already been in application some, but I like verse three, just the last verse that kind of stood out to me. He just says, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. There are some things that we can't work to do. There's some things that only God can do. And there's a lot of them, but that (laughs) spiritual protection, I can't protect myself spiritually. I can't establish myself in my own plans that Jesus and God the Father are the only people that can do that. And the Holy Spirit leads me through that daily, that that's something I can never work to do. And I can't expect anybody else to work to do that themselves. Mm -hmm. If I can go personal for a second, kind of off that note, Zechariah 4, 6 says it's not by, by our power or our spirit, but it's by the Holy Spirit that we can accomplish anything. And I think, um, you know, for me as a, sort of embarking into this journey as a church planner this was a moment where god had called this guy Zerubbabel to rebuild this temple and he was kind of trying to do it on his own power so god sent zechariah to go sort of encourage him and say man you gotta you gotta turn back to god in order to make this thing happen and and for me and what we're trying to do in downtown cincinnati this has been a year a whole year of all right god i have no idea what's going on i have no idea where to go next So I'm trusting in you that if you've called me to this and called me to this work, I don't want to be lazy. I don't want to sit, you know, in a a place of idleness, but I don't know what to do next. And he's always come through Mm -hmm. and he's always showed up and he's always, you know, directed us into our next step. And I think that's so beautiful, man, that you, you know, pointed that out because, um, so often we find ourselves, I, at least me personally, I find myself in this place where I'm not sure where to go next. I'm trying to follow after what Jesus has called me to, but we hit this place of not knowing where to go and you, you tend to fall back into idleness or complacency rather than turn to Jesus. And, um, but when you do, and, and I would just encourage when you do turn to Jesus, God will always uh, give you your next step and pull you through. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of a, uh, was it was for me personally this year, it was just a pretty cool testimony uh, to that very thing. Mm. That's powerful. That's awesome, man. All right. So I, we've touched on application a little bit. Does anybody have anything else you want to go into on application before we wrap up with some prayer? I mean, I, I think there's a lot of people in this world uh, that don't have the same privileges that we have. Yeah. Mm. And I think that with the blessings that we have in our nation as far as technology, as well, as far as wealth, um, we have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of time on our hands, and we have a lot of—we we, we get the opportunity to choose 
how we use our time. Whereas like a lot of people are, you know, walking miles just to get water so that they can drink, you know, and we don't, we can just turn on a faucet. So, uh, I think we've been blessed in a lot of ways. Um, but I think that can also get us to kind of fall into that, uh, a busybody mentality and we can get so consumed and so wrapped up in honestly, let's just say things that just don't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, they really don't. Uh, and, uh, whether it's just, uh, the back and forth, uh, just crazy complaining or criticism that you see on like social media and different things like that, or, uh, um, I'm guilty of this binge watching like a show, <laughs> like for hours, guilty literally <laughs> last yeah. night binge watched, you know, like three hours worth of shows. And i confess that in front of the podcast (laughs) um but i think that like you know that doesn't you know i'm not trying to say that uh, we need to police in that you have to give me as your pastor like a minute time log of everything you did for this week but i think it's it's worth it it's worth it to kind of take an inventory especially of your time yeah and figure Mm -hmm. out all right what am i really investing in you know am i investing in things that or, or actually, not only investing in things, but what's consuming me. Like, if I'm getting so consumed with what people think about me, that I'm so focused on my self-image, that Facebook, I spend so much time on Facebook and try to do so many filters and different pictures just so I will get the approval of uh, people on social media. You know, that's something that I'm, I'm, I'm investing in, I'm pressing in, I'm pushing so much of my time, resources, efforts into that. And... Social media is a wonderful avenue for so many different things, but when it starts fringing on this thing where it becomes uh, the thing that we're like, we become busybodies with it, and I think mm-hmm. that there's times when I've done that, and I know that that's that's happens with people when we become really just fixated on it, and that's mm-hmm. like the thing that we're focusing on, what we find our worth in. Um, we we miss out. Mm-hmm. Um, Phil, if you guys had a chance to Pastor Phil to watch uh, the sermon uh, two weeks ago. He uh, was talking about the uh, holding on to Jesus. And when you hold on to Jesus, and he used the analogy of a basketball, when you hold on to Jesus, you don't have the ability to pick up other things. Mm-hmm. So if if pleasing Jesus and having Jesus work in and through you becomes the thing that you hold on to most, you don't have time to pick up, uh, you know, uh, the pl- people pleasing of Facebook, you know, and finding your identity in that because you're holding on to, to mm-hmm. Jesus. And so I guess for so application for me, this personally just challenges me on how I spend my time. I kind of have the same thoughts as well. Um, I don't know if you guys feel this as much as I do in, in our world today, but there's such an urgency for us as the church. You, you know, just a little bit ago, you were talking about this divide that, that can be created. Um, I feel very far away many times from the people I know God's called me to to reach and a lot of times it's because I've fallen victim to my own complacency or 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 idleness you know as we're talking about today and but there's such an urgency I think for us as Christians to to be the light Jesus has called us to be in this world and um yeah kind of as I said earlier in this in this podcast like there's no time for idleness within the mission that Jesus has called us to. And, um, and so I just know for me, sort of the application I took away is just another sort of, um, fire that was lit under me just to say, 
you know, there are people that are hurting and lost and broken in this world that do not know Jesus, do not have the benefit of, of some of these blessings that we've talked about, you know, already uh, through a relationship with him. And what am I doing to, to change that? What am I doing to help mm-hmm. bridge that gap and lead those people into this love and this goodness that I know and hold so dear? And um, but so often, as I just mentioned, that doesn't happen because I've fallen into to a place of idleness and and laziness or whatever the case may be. And um, I just don't want that to be the case anymore. So that's definitely mm-hmm. been sort of my prayer out of this and, and what I felt God really sort of uh, lead me into. Mm-hmm. I think for me, um, the application that I see is is due to the American spirit of working hard, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps because um, I was raised by my father to have, you know, a certain type of work ethic and work was always very important. And that's what, you know, men do is they work hard. And so for me, looking at this is not just saying, do I work? Okay, I do check and I'm good. But what am I working for? Why am I working? What is my motivation? If I'm still at the center of that, that's not the type of work that we should be occupying ourselves with, that we should be seeking what can we do to work that impacts the kingdom of God, that loves others, that brings us closer to people, just like you were saying, Spencer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, verse 5 is pretty much like straight application. Is He just says, May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness yeah. of Christ. Mm-hmm. Ask yourself, what am I working towards? And pray that God just draws you closer to that love of Jesus. All right, so let's go ahead and close up with prayer. Um, who wants to lead that? Uh, I will. Uh, just also want to do uh, uh, thanks, Spencer, so much for, uh, for joining us today. Uh, today. And great. man, we just are excited for you. We really are. Um, we are praying. We are praying that the Lord will just bless um, your church, the church movement, the ministry that you guys yeah. are doing. And if you guys find yourself in downtown Cincinnati on a Sunday morning. Uh, go check out Tapestry, man. Mm-hmm. Great people that love Jesus and love others. Um, and so couldn't think of a better place for people to go. So we're we're excited for you, man. Thanks, mm-hmm. brother. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Yeah. yeah, and thank you, too, for having me, invite me out today and allowing me to be a part of this. It's a pretty cool thing you guys are going on. Yeah, man. It's good to have you yeah. in the conversation. Yeah. Um, what's the name of the, the theater that you guys are in again? It's called the Woodward Theater. It's Woodward on theater. Main Street, uh, technically in Over the Rhine. Um, but in downtown Cincinnati. Okay. Mm-hmm. I saw a picture of it on Facebook the other day. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> we feel very blessed that God opened that door. Mm-hmm. And awesome. uh, we're really excited. To, we're actually moving in next weekend, and mm-hmm. then our official launch is on March 4th. So yeah. pretty excited about it. Mm-hmm. That's great. Awesome, man. All right, cool. Well, I'll just I'll pray for you guys as listeners, and then we'll also just say a special prayer for Spencer just to, to bless his church and to bless his family and watch over and protect them. So, uh, God, thank you so much, uh, for this opportunity that we have just to pour into your word and just for you to reveal truth, uh, truth that just pierces our hearts, God, and, uh, convicts us, Lord, uh, in a tender and loving way that there is an opportunity for us to be a part of something great. There's an opportunity for us to be a part of, of your mission and to work in a way that has lasting impact, that has legacy impact. And so, Lord, I just speak uh, blessing and direction over everybody that's listening to this podcast right now. God, I just pray that you would direct their steps, that you would direct their hearts towards your love, 
and towards the steadfastness of Christ, and that they would uh, just step on board with what the Holy Spirit is doing in their area, whether it's here in the Cincinnati area or abroad. Lord, we just we just pray that God, you would equip them uh, to to work uh, in a in a manner in a way that's not only pleasing to you, but is impacting others by your love. And uh, Lord, I just I just want to pray a special blessing over uh, uh, Pastor Spencer here in the the Tapestry Church movement. God, I just God, I just pray that their their love for you would be so evident by the way they love others that it would just it would just ooze forth that as soon as people would step into their uh, church facility wherever it is that they would be just hit with the love of God and that it would just change them recklessly even just from the start and God I just pray that you would uh, help them to grow deep in the knowledge of your uh, awesome and amazing grace and God may that just uh, come forth in the way that they speak and in their actions and and God we just pray that their church would flourish and that it would grow and that lives would be changed and that that souls would be would be impacted God and that eternities would be altered and Lord I just um we uh, we pray that uh that this becomes such a uh such a dynamic movement in the downtown Cincinnati area God that it is evident that you are among these people and that you are working and that you are showing them just favor and blessing because they are empty vessels just eager to be filled with the Holy Spirit and so we just ask that you would empower them by the power of your spirit and God that they would stay connected to you above all else knowing that you're the source of everything in your name amen 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 all right and that's going to finish us up for this episode of the weekly impact podcast before we go though i would uh regret it if i didn't take the chance to say that our very own jacob kingsley his uh this last thursday was his birthday so happy birthday we won't get into singing to you on here we'll keep it less awkward but anyway just wanted to make sure we told you happy birthday so so many listeners (laughs) so um Anyway, I just wanted to say that, but uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining us yet again this week. And uh, if you like what you hear, like I said, follow us on iTunes. We're on iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud. Uh, You can also get the Elevation Community Church uh, ECC app on iTunes as well and listen to everything through that. But if you do like what you're hearing here, please give us a uh, rating and a like and subscribe to us. Um, That way we can try to reach more people um, with what we're doing here. So um, that's going to wrap us up for episode 13. And uh, we'll see you for number 14 next week. On behalf of Elevation Community Church here in Blanchester, Ohio, and everybody here at the table, uh, we hope you have a great week, and we'll talk to you next time.